meet your team. It's okay, I'm not okay. Each member is chosen for his or her own completely unique set of abilities. Number two. Good to know. Is this thing a dog? A dog? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I'm gonna go with Afghan hound. Oh my god, is it a werewolf? Yo, they sent me next to a werewolf! Yo, let me out! Hey, he's not a werewolf, okay? He's a weasel. He's harmless. I mean, he's not harmless. He's killed 27 children, but you know. Your mission is to destroy every trace of something known only as Project Starfish. Any questions? Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Think there's any connection? No. No. Hello, and welcome to the show, lovely, lovely listeners. Uh, Now, today, I think it's fair to say we are reviewing a very different kind of movie and for that reason i have assembled a team just for the occasion (laughs) fucking hell some team but like the suicide squad themselves we have lost a few (laughs) along the way we lost our very own peacemaker john uh very ironic name so peacemaker then we lost rat catcher emma Mm. yeah yeah we lost rat catcher emma yep on top of that sadly we lost lucy aka mongal yeah <laughs> right yeah also didn't make it she's, Sh- absolute shambles she's not gonna like that um so at the end you're left you're left with the absolute joke team of polka dot yeah. man and weasel yeah. len and gaz respectively yeah. so just to clarify i am not the weasel uh-huh. okay you're the yeah? you're, you're so. the absolute lunatic polka dot man who sees his mum in everybody yes in a way yeah. i do so and mm. you know my mum so, to be honest with you, imagine that seeing Joy, that's her name. So, hi, hi Mum, if you're listening. You're definitely not. But um, she's definitely not listening. But uh, imagine seeing her everywhere. Terrifying, in a way. So... Uh, mate, I still have nightmares. Mm, mm, and that's fair. I can tell you, though. I can tell you. As soon as I saw fucking Weasel, I was like, brilliant. Weasel. Can't wait for Len to yeah. call me this guy when 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 we do the pod. Yeah. Let's crack on. Um, how are you doing? Um, how's your mental health, Weasel? How's your swimming? Is it good? Uh, bad? It's yeah, mediocre, I'm, I'm, I'm an all right swimmer. Um, not not particularly strong, but I'm not dying immediately. I'm not I'm not landing in the water and dying. I, I will give myself some credit there. We're in lockdown again, aren't we? So I was gonna I was gonna go to the cinema to see this one. Um, you were not invited. It was a date night. Um, I'm still cut up about that. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing. Let me explain. You put out the call. You put out the call. You said, "All right, uh, listen, Correct. team. We are the doing bat signal. Uh, we're 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 doing Suicide Squad. So you know, go and see it as soon as you yeah. can." I was like, "All right, brilliant. Um, this would be good. Good chance for for me to go to the cinema with Len. We haven't done that for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the last time we went? Tenet. A very yeah. long time ago. That was a while yeah, ago. Jesus. Um." So I was looking forward to that, and anyway, the the call never came. So I was like, Didn't "All right, come. we'll uh, we'll see what happens." Didn't come. Then we got put into lockdown on Thursday, and you said, Correct. "Oh, well, that's ruined my plans to go to the cinema." Um, yeah, and you're planning on going without me, even though we needed yes. to watch this film to talk about it together. Yeah. You yeah. you weren't going to invite me along. No, nope. that's mad. Sorry, mate. That's what happens. Sometimes, you know, you got to... Times have changed. Yeah, they have. People, you know, get older and that. Uh, no, but genuinely it was date night. So, you know, you know, have Again, to have some... Sac- can't have you just tagging along on yeah. date night. It doesn't make any definitely sense. definitely can. Ask Mel. She um, would be happy for me to come. Mm. So, unfortunately, that was literally... We're in Australia, everyone. Melbourne, to be precise. And basically, that lockdown got announced uh, for like four... It got announced at like 4 p.m., to start at 8 p.m. that night, my booking uh, or viewing at the film was 7.30 that night. So for fuck's sake, here we go. Um, <laughs> so ended up being a home viewing experience, which I think was, you know, fine in terms of an experience. But definitely really wanted to see this in the cinema, I think, um, especially because I think and we'll get onto it in a minute. But this film definitely feeds off of 
some laughs and some moments. But um, anyway, we're talking about James Gunn's Suicide Squad. <laughs> Feeds off some laughs and some moments. Yeah, some moments. Yes, yeah. true. Uh, Put that James on the Gunn's poster. Suicide Squad. Put that on the poster. Uh, it's James Gunn's Suicide Squad. It is not a real follow-up to the 2016 Suicide Squad. That one's just called Suicide Squad. This is called The Suicide Squad. Um, so it's kind of a comic book movie in the in the realest sense, in terms of it just feels like an issue or uh, a couple of issues of a comic that the story's been spread over. Here's its current standings on Rotten Tomatoes, Gareth, which is tradition here. We have our own rating system, obviously the Blueberry system, but the Rotten Tomatoes rating system has uh, scored it 92% fresh. And the synopsis says, Enlivened by writer-director James Gunn's singularly skewed vision, the Suicide Squad marks a funny, fast-paced rebound that plays to the source material's violent, anarchic strengths. Great little summary, that. Um, Good use of the English language there. Now, we have something called the Blueberry System. Um, now, how yes. that works, between zero and five, zero is the lowest, five is the highest. There are no half points. You can't go three and a half blueberries. It's groundbreaking stuff. This is a groundbreaking scale. So any first-time listeners, this is how, if you listen to any of our podcasts, this is how we review things. Harsh but fair scale. Weasel. Um Tell me what you thought about this film, please. And I'm going to shake things up a little bit because what we used to do is just go straight off the bat. Hey, guys, there's spoilers. What I want to do today, Weasel, is I would like to basically have a sort of non-spoilery discussion at the start. Uh, So anyone who's listened to this who hasn't seen the film yet and is just interested in our take, uh, we're going to talk about the film and review it in a sort of non-spoilery way. After the advert, completely spoilered. Okay, so my friend, the weasel, um, what was your thoughts on James Gunn's Suicide Squad? Um, <laughs> uh, how many times are you going to say it until I until I until I bite? Well, weasels do bite, so I'm going to call anything. you Sebastian the Rat. So, so Sebastian, that's a cool the character. Rat. Yeah, well, maybe cool character. Sebastian the Rat. I will tell you what I thought of the film. Um, I really liked it. I really liked it. And mm. and I have to be honest, uh, even though I knew that this was getting more positive reviews than uh, the previous Suicide Squad, I wasn't particularly enthusiastic about watching it. It was it was a bit of a chore. Um, the idea uh, of you, watching it was a chore, you mean, the, the but I, not actually the idea, watching it? The idea of watching yeah. it was a chore. Yeah. Um, I had Fair. to psych myself up to do so. Um, but I'm glad I did. The 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 first half of the film in particular really got me in. It's like a, and I mean I know it's I know it's obviously James Gunn and that, that might explain what I'm about to say, but it's a it's it's DC's answer to Guardians of the Galaxy. Only it's much more violent and visceral. Um, but but it's it's you know it, it shares a lot of the uh, sort of perversion of superhero. Um, movies, if you know what I mean, and it's obviously very comic, comic book in style. I did much prefer the first half to the second half. I think it struggles a little bit as a. Uh, oh, sorry, hold on. Just clarify the rules again for me. How? What are we doing? Spoiler wise, just don't spoil anything major. You know, just give us a general synopsis. Okay. All right. No, no, that's fine. I, I'm I'm going down the right track. I think it, it struggles a bit when it tries to grapple with a proper narrative. Do you know what I mean? Um, And I don't think it executes that particularly well. Uh, What it does brilliantly is humour and comic book humour and some cool, very, very unique characters. Um, And that, and the violence is excellent and funny. However, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it four blueberries, which is a very good score. Um, Very good score. Because I I just, I had a really good time watching it for about 80% of the film. Um, And, you know, four out of five blueberries is 80% of the scores available. So I think that's fair. Pretty good. Pretty good score. I mean, I thought you'd like it more. Now, I think, and we've talked about this several times, that we are getting superhero fatigue to an extent. Now, 
you know, either like Marvel, fine, 23 film installments, now 24 with Black Widow, I think, plus the TV series, which other than Loki, uh, maybe a part of WandaVision, but definitely not the back half of WandaVision. I kind of feel like it's all very samey, but Loki is, I think, a, a step in the correct direction, taking it in a completely new space. And I think DC has, you know, historically struggled um, in the superhero sphere, especially compared to Marvel, because it takes itself too seriously. Now, whether you like Zack Schneider or you don't, um, you know, you can say about his films is a darker, grittier, more realistic take in a way on the DC universe. And a lot of fans don't like that. But let's be that fair now, as well. There, there was a there was a point where that kind of thing was was new and it was a little bit groundbreaking. It's just it's, we've had its time, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. So I think it's good in a way. And James Gunn does this fantastically. He's able to take you know what people think is the serious elements of superhero movies and take turn them into absolutely comedy because let's face it at times it is comedy like when you actually list people's powers what they've been like in comics um i like the way that this film sort of is taking us back to comic book movies being silly and that is something that needs to be Mm. said time and time again this film is a joke it's a very hilarious joke that goes on for two hours um one where I think, and James Gunn's very good at this, no one knew who the Guardians of the Galaxy were. No one knew who they were. Like comic book wise, they had had like a few runs here and there. But if you were to talk to any, you know, even average Marvel fans, they would probably mm. struggle to name you the full Guardians lineup. They probably wouldn't know, you know, some of the characters there. Um, and he made those characters household names. Um, you know, Rocket Raccoon, you know, come on. That these characters now who are loved, Groot, right? Groot. Um, he's done something very similar here, and he's done it very, very well, which is he takes completely obscure comic book Z-list villains and actually gives them a bit of character, gives them a bit of soul, gives them a bit of heart, um, makes them relatable in some instances. Um, I can't believe that, you know, you can even relate to a giant shark uh, in this film. Um, you know, he just wants some friends. <laughs> and how is that not who John was? Yeah, I was thinking that. Maybe I should have called him King Shark. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> I, I actually love this film, and I really wanted to see it in the cinema. Um, the action is fantastic. The effects are brilliant. The uh, character development of once again Harley is is great. But I think Idris Elba gives his best performance for a long time as Bloodsport. Uh, I love the supporting cast. I love how visceral and violent it is. I will say that other than Deadpool, which obviously is Marvel's answer to this in a way, I feel like this takes it to a new level. Um, I like Deadpool and I like Deadpool 2. I think Deadpool 1 is better than Deadpool 2. But, you know, we reviewed that here and we gave it a decent, you know, review. But this, to me, feels like a more realistic version of that in terms of violence in terms of what would actually happen if these (laughs) terrible sort of villains tried to take on an army um if anyone's seen the boys on amazon uh which is also a sort of very visceral violent take on superheroes and the institution of superheroes there's a lot of links between this and the boys and i think anyone who's a fan of that show will really love this film so if you haven't seen it and you've seen the boys definitely go see this film this film sort of mimics that in a way it, it, the humor's there the violence is there the action's there um i think this is dc's best film i think this is the best film they have released so for that reason i'm going to give it five bloobs because it deserves it it's funny Look, i mean that's, that's fine you, you can give it five bloobs that's that's more than justifiable but don't give it five bloobs because it's dc's best film oh give it five no no bloobs no because the film it deserves gets five, five bloobs it gets five bloobs because it deserves five bloobs but in turn that makes Say it that, dc's then. best film that's the film it is it's the best one they've done and anyone who knows you know has listened to us and have followed us um you know, I'm sure John wishes he could be here because he's a big DC fan and, and he's had his own criticisms, but also his plaudits for some of the DC films, even the, the, the latest Snyder Cut um, of, you know, the Justice League, which we both said was a, a vast improvement upon the Joss Whedon version. But this this film to me feels 
like the right sort of space that DC should be operating in. Um, and hopefully there's more installments in the future. The thing about this film is it doesn't need uh, it doesn't need a sequel, you know, and, and this is what's great about the Suicide Squad is interchangeable characters can come in and out of this squad, um, take on different random villains and just have a bookended film. And they could happen every three or four years that we could have a new release. And I feel it would work that there's there's something here which I think is very special, which could be harnessed. And then maybe if James Gunn is up for it, and I think he's integral to this, he has to come back to do more. Because clearly, if you look at 2016 Suicide Squad and this, and they both have similar source material to work with, the gap in quality between the two films is staggering. It's mind-blowing how much but better this is the 2016 one to that. 2016 one was like cut to shit wasn't it like that's not that was not the intention of the film well let let me tell you this anyone who sits there and thinks there's a schneider cut and there is something going around called the reeves cut of the original suicide squad it's not there it's not there guys don't we know zach schneider's was four hours so obviously there was stuff there there is not hours and hours more of material for that suicide squad film it is probably still going to be pretty trash um so I think just character-wise, this film is so much better on it, better than it, and and uh, it's a it's a bit of a triumph for DC, and I'm I'm glad in a way that Marvel fired James Gunn and then rehired him because it's the best of both worlds. Not only did we get Guardians three now being helmed by James Gunn, we also have a fun Guardians esque journey in the DC universe. So Guardians, it's a win win for me, Gareth. Guardians X. Um, so that's our general thoughts. A four from Gareth, a five from me. Uh, we're going to have a quick advert break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some plot details, favourite characters, and what we hope for the future of this franchise. Hello, quick advert here to say that Fan Critical, if you haven't noticed, has uh, you know spread its wings, you know, thrown its polka dots out there, um, called upon a horde of rats. Something like that. And if the horde of rats were new shows, that's kind of what it is. We've got loads of new shows. Um, you I'll know, tell you what it's like. Got- I'll tell you what it's like. It's like being a giant starfish that has released lots of little versions of starfish of itself. Yeah. yeah. To take over the hordes. In that's- a way. Um, yeah. Are you saying that we zombify our listeners? Because if you are, I think we do. No, in all seriousness, uh, yes. we've got new shows. Check them out. You know, we've got the old favourites. We've got Worst of Netflix. We've got How the Fuck Have You Not Seen That? Uh, You know, we've also got Something Old, Something New, which is a show from Lucy and Emma where they review uh, sort of something from the past and something new that they've been watching. Uh, Of course, there is the the brilliant show, and I am biased, uh, 60 Minutes to Midnight, which features myself, Gareth and John as we talk about what we've been watching what we're looking forward to. Sometimes it's film and TV related. Sometimes it's absolute garbage. Uh, and other times, in fact, all the time, we're drinking whiskey. So that is a great uh, little fun show that we do. And of course, we still have our classic film and TV reviews. We gave you a review of Black Widow last month. This month, we're doing Suicide Squad. Next month, who knows? Uh, we'll release a schedule soon. If you do enjoy this content, please do subscribe. And most importantly, Leave us a review. Uh, We really do appreciate reviews on any platform. Uh, You can do it in blueberries or stars. Unfortunately, they will call it stars, but just imagine it as blueberries and you'll be fine. It does convert quite neatly. I've I've done the maths on it. Mm, Straight conversion. Patreon.com forward slash fan critical. Now, Patreon is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It allows you guys to give us some dollary dues to make these new shows or regular occasionally we'll also well. yeah or regular dollars occasionally we will of course release some content on there uh if you go on there you see what you get there's loads of cast episodes on there at the moment uh there's more on their way we promise there's lots of stuff going on there but most importantly it enables us to make shows for you guys because of course this content is free um so any donations is you know greatly appreciated so thank you to all of our lovely patreons we love you uh, and we love your donations, so thank you so much. Um, enough advertising. Let's get into the plot of James Gunn's Suicide Squad. 
All right, let's 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 get into it. Let's storm the beach, and that is how this film begins. Uh, we were watching Save It Private Ryan, weren't we? Of course, definitely. That is the film. Yeah. Uh, so start off prison way it works you know for anyone who doesn't know how suicide squad works uh you get told pretty explicitly in the first couple of minutes hey you do this mission for us uh you get a reduce you know take five to ten years off your sentence or something like that if you try and run away we've got an implant in your brain which i will press and it will explode um so don't run away try and complete the mission a ragtag bunch of you know cons or dc villains is assembled to take down a government uh, <laughs> on a sort of Cuban-like country, would you say, Gareth? Um, called Corto Maltese. Uh, yeah, so Corto, Corto Maltese. That's interesting. Generic uh, Spanish-speaking Caribbean island. Island. Yeah, bizarre. Anyway, so there's been a coup there, and they need to shut down this coup. Uh, the team that we see at the start, and I want to talk about the opening of the film because I think the opening of the film is 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 fantastic. Uh, we see uh, Colonel Rick Flagg, who is, of course, in the 2016 Suicide Squad. And then we see Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, also reprising their roles from 2016 Suicide Squad. Um, we see Mongal, Weasel, uh, TDK, Javelin, Savant, um, and they all basically have to try and storm this beach um and as soon as weasel jumps out the plane he, he's dead instantly because he can't swim so you're dead gareth game over well can swim so. uh the others make it to the shore and then a whole army descends upon them and this is where if you didn't know what you were getting when you sat down to watch this film and you're thinking oh it's just another superhero movie when a bullet uh, literally takes someone's face off um, and blood splatters everywhere, you know what sort of film you get. We weren't watching that, were we? Yeah, face off. Nick Cage. I'd love him in this film. Uh, he'd be a great <laughs> he would fit in well. villain. He would fit in very well. And John Travolta, why not? Chuck them all in. <laughs> get them all in there. John Travolta just as himself. Imagine that. Just walking around. Uh, he wouldn't beach. be able to swim. Probably not. He can dance though. Um, but uh, <laughs> it was it was a great opening to the film very violent there's literally these guys are getting torn to shreds um bullets literally ripping them in half at times uh what did you think to the opening of this film gareth i i loved it i absolutely loved it um i was chuckling away i've got to give a quick shout out to um <laughs> uh tdk who i think yeah, is my favorite boy. that was tdk <laughs> he was amazing i mean just the the comic value of his his arms detaching and then just just sort of lightly slapping the the army the the enemy army it was incredible and they're like hey stop <laughs> it quit it <laughs> it's so good so I annoying. mean what what's great about that character is um they're in the plane before they you know start yep. this mission and you're getting some classic James Gunn dialogue like uh, what's your name man TDK um your, your name's TDK, like the letters. And then Boomerang goes, all names start with, all names have letters, you dickhead, like in his Australian accent. There's some great banter going on in there. And you're like, who the fuck is TDK? What is his power? Like you see Javelin there, you're like, oh, I know what he is. He's a fucking, some sort of Aquaman bullshit. Um, yep. And then you see TD, TDK. I love the way that Rick Flagg's like, TDK, you're up. And then he goes, okay, I got this. And he detaches his arms. They go and just literally start slapping these guys around the head. It is classic James Gunn. That is, you know, Groot-esque humour. Um, some of it's just just genius. Um, also, just a shout out to when they start shooting his arms, uh, yep. which are now obviously flying in the air, and he's writhing in pain on the floor because oh, they're shooting platoon, his arms. Platoon-esque <laughs> moment there. Very dramatic. It's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, man. He's great. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame he didn't last. Oh, the comedy value of of keeping him alive was. 
it could have got a bit old, but it, it could have been so good throughout the film. But I guess there's a lot of characters in this film, so some just have to die. Uh, so as I said, we lost Weasel. We lose a lot of them here. We lose Mongal. Uh, Savant tries to flee, gets his head blown off or whatever. Um, eventually, you're left with just... A bit harsh. A little bit. Well, yeah, he's, don't do it. Don't run away. Yeah? So you've been warned. Do not run away. Uh, but we're left with Flag, Quinn, who gets captured. Um, Margot Robbie's Haley Quinn. Harley Quinn, sorry. Um, but this is all a ruse. Who plays Helly Quinn? On the though? other beach... Yeah, who does play Helly Quinn? Um, on the other beach, we have a second B squad, or what is really the A squad, of Bloodsport, King Shark, Ratcatcher 2, Polka Dot Man, um, and Peacemaker. So straight away, the Suicide Squad is massive, um, and there's lots of fatalities, which I absolutely love. The basic premise is... They need to stop this military coup. And on this island, there is a secret experiment that they've been working on, which the US government does not want to fall into this coup's hands, this military coup has taken over the island. So they basically send the Suicide Squad in to destroy all evidence of said experiments. Chaos ensues. I want to talk about the characters, Gareth, because that's to me where this film excels. Let's go through the characters. Um... The ones that survived this opening salvo, okay? Who was your favourite character? The, for me, I've got to say, one thing that I love about this film is how good is it having a black Englishman as your kind of yep. star of the show, in a way. Like, yep. we, the, the, there's the, the, we've had kind of years and years and years of it just being the, the like, blonde American guy is always going to be the mm-hmm. champion. Um, so it's awesome having Idris Elba um, being the, being front and center, and he he is amazing. I love him. I love He's him. Very good. Um, do you know what I was thinking about him? Actually, I was thinking, as bizarre as this sounds, because this is <laughs> this, this film is as far removed as you could possibly get. I was actually it was making me think he really could be James Bond. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like it's been a long-standing rumor that Elba could have been Bond. And might still be after Daniel Craig. Now, you know, James Bond purists out there are like, no, that can't happen, Um, which is ridiculous. Um, There's also talk of James Bond being female as the next Bond. So, you know, hold on to your hats, people. Put a pin in that because I think the next James Bond is going to be very interesting. Of course, I believe the front runner is Richard Madden, um, you know, of Game of Thrones fame rob stark also of bodyguard fame which has taken the world by storm so uh yeah put a pin in that i would love to see elba as the next Bond. i think he'd be he's so got good. the physique my, my only thing is he's got the charisma he probably he's got the charisma he'd, he would play him he'd play him in a similar way to daniel craig though and that's yeah, the only reason that brutish. i think he might not be yeah yeah hands on yeah um yeah but but yeah i i love him i love blood sport as a character he's he's excellent yeah um, yeah, uh, he's probably he's 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 my favorite. I, I do I do like him, but at this point, I also loved the the mystery about the polka dot guy. Um, yeah, and bizarre. I was like, what is this? Like, what's what's happening here? Um, yeah, I think they they blew their load a little bit on this a little bit early, personally. Um, I think there could have been a little bit more mystique and a little bit more intrigue created, and instead it was like, "Oh, what? What's happened? Oh, right. Okay. Yep. You've just told us. Okay. Done. Yeah. Do you know? In a way, I think I I think the mystique with him comes with the fact that with Polka Dot, the fact that you eventually get revealed that he just sees his mum all the time. It's genius. It's it's absolute genius, and it looks hilarious. So you know, Polka Dot Man can't not see his mum because his mum did this to him he's a very troubled individual who has interdimensional polka dot powers <laughs> which makes no sense uh and every time he looks at people he just sees his mum and it's it's absolutely fantastic the way they use it in the film they use it two or three times and i think it's a great little joke and a great stylistic visual choice by james gunn uh, i think he's a great character i think i think john cena um as peacemaker wow i you know obviously a wrestler 
We know The Rock's done it. We know Dave Bautista's done it. Uh, John Cena, this is the best thing I've seen him in. Um, he is fantastic as Peacemaker. What an ironic character. Um, did you know, Gareth, that Peacemaker was the inspiration for like the Watchmen sort of characters? Okay. So if you actually look at the way that Peacemaker's sort of, this sort of real guy just like but he's got this crazy warp mentality funny costume uh kind of the inspiration for like watchmen and he does seem like a watchman character to me like i i could see him fitting him in the watchman universe perfectly. he does he's, he's almost like a um, homemade helmet thing like exactly exactly he's he's part of the original Minutemen, you know um so for me that's great um he's not joining the podcast i He's not joining the podcast, no. But uh, yeah, I, I thought he was fantastic. And his sort of repertoire with uh, Bloodsport and their sort of one-upmanship one that goes on throughout the film is very funny. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about Peacemaker in a bit because the end credit scene alludes to a bit more with that character um, and something that I'm very excited for. But I have to say, uh, the whole team, but I love King Shark. I thought he was brilliant in this film sylvester stallone voicing a giant shark people might think what the fuck are you talking about but it works it works on so many levels he has a bit of fucking heart and soul this character to the point of later on in the film i was like if he dies i'm gonna fucking go mental i do mm. not want this giant shark to die i've seen king shark in some other uh, animated series with harley quinn uh, also a fantastic character that iteration of king shark um, but wow, I wanted to see him make to the end of this film. And as we're in spoiler territory, he does make it. And I kind of felt like this was, it reminded me of when I saw Hulk in Avengers, um, that sort of vibe to him. Um, he feels a little in indestructible, which is like the Hulk, but he also has these comedic moments that just work on so many levels. And, you know, Compared to Hulk, you know, this guy also rips people in half and devours them whole, which is genius and brilliant. Yeah. I, I, to, to be fair, like <clears throat> the first time you met, you meet him and he's, he's reading a book upside down. It's, yeah, it's, upside a, down. it's terrific. And <laughs> he's just trying to convince everybody how smart he is. And he's like, <laughs> me enjoy book so much. It's again, again, honestly, it's like I remember when, when now, I gave John a copy of Harry Potter. That's the exact same thing that yeah, happened. Yeah. What I will say is he came in upside down. Do you think Stallone's just playing himself here? <laughs> yeah. Me enjoy books so much. He, he doesn't. He's probably just. They've probably just recorded him. Not even in a booth. They just recorded. He was in the him break in room. Day -day life. He was in the break yeah, room. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing there, Sylvester? Me read book. <laughs> good good yes can we go record the rest of the lines now uh yeah it, it, great character and you think it's going to be a gimmick but this is what i said about james gunn and these characters and we'll get on to another one in a minute um the way he gives them heart and soul and these are characters that just have no right to have the amount of depth that they do um but the way he can do that and give them you know, personality and, and backstory and make you feel for them. Like you go from a scene where King Shark is about to eat Ratcatcher, another fantastic character, by the way, which we'll get onto. Um, we go to a scene there where it's funny and whatever, and he's literally getting blasted with a shotgun and you found out it's just because he's got no friends. And he's like, I want to be your friend. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's a really sweet little moment. And you're like, it's very cute. oh, Yeah. And you've just gone from him literally about to devour her. It's just, it's great. It's great stuff. And Ratcatcher 2, who... <laughs> I didn't think this would be a sentence. This film, you know, gets its heart from Ratcatcher 2. <laughs> it doesn't make... What I a weird you sentence say, to say. This isn't a sentence you thought you'd say, but it makes you care about Portuguese people. Yeah, good um, Because, yeah. But it she's she is excellent. She's very good. Um, I think that in the end, really, she's the most important character. Yeah, in a way, she's the sort of uh, connective tissue uh, between 
blood sport and his obviously frayed relationship with his daughter, which he sees in in Ratcatcher 2 in a way. She's looking for a father figure because, you know, her father died. Who is Ratcatcher 1? Little tidbit for the listeners out there and also for you, Gareth. Uh, Ratcatcher 2 is obviously a completely fictional character, in fact, of the fiction that she oh, is she's not, not in any comics. No, but uh, Ratcatcher is in comics and that's obviously who her father is, um, you know. And in this film, we see Ratcatcher 1 uh, played by T- Taika Waititi. So hmm. that you saw that at the end. Do you know who else Taika Waititi plays in this film? Um, does he play Boomerang? No, obviously not. You know who Boomerang is. It's uh, Starro. Does he play the the, the, the Boomerang? <laughs> he plays Starro, the Conqueror. How? Uh, he voices Starro. He doesn't walk around. If anyone's thinking right now... He's not that big. Taika, I can tell do? you he's not that big. Yeah. I'm almost certain. Imagine that. I know how your brain works. You're sitting there thinking about mo- mocap and you're sitting there thinking about Taika Waititi uh, walking around like that starfish at the end, just mm. smashing things. Giant Lego bricks. Yeah. Um, so good. Yeah, so he plays Star as well. But yeah, Ratcatcher for me um, gives grounds the film a little bit, which sounds ridiculous. Um, it, it, she gives it something like that. Just the bit of heart that I was talking about that I think is needed because... You've got these fantastical characters all around her, especially like Harley, for example. Um, but yeah, she just brings it right down to an emotional level. Um, and she has a good relationship with, with King Should Shark we, um, as well, which which makes that a great relationship for the future, potentially. True. Should, should, should we talk a little bit about Harley? Oh, yeah. Margot Robbie. Um, so interesting facts about Margot Robbie, Gareth. She lives in Clapham or did live in Clapham. I don't know if she's there now. Uh, which is where I lived in London. Um, saw her out once or twice. So just saying that, seen her out and about, day to day life. I'm not sure those are. The, I'm not sure that's a fact. They're facts. You, They're you've facts. gone interesting facts so. about Margot Robbie. She may or may not live in this part of London, <laughs> where which I, I sort in. of used to live. You didn't really live in Clapham. Um, I literally lived five minute walk from Clapham, so yeah, don't even. Well, that's not yeah. Clapham, is it? And five minutes. <laughs> and I saw her once or twice. Um, she's from Queensland, so there you go. No, oh, yeah, that's a fact. She is. It's not There's very a fact good one, but it is but a fact. I thought she was once again, and I'll say this. I say this in every podcast uh, where we talk about DC stuff. She is the most impressively cast um, character in the DC universe for me. I could not envisage a better Harley Quinn from the Harley Quinn that I know from comic animated series iterations. She is fantastically uh, crazy, uh, but also I think her action work and her stunt work is phenomenal. There is a sequence in this film where she's being tortured, she breaks free, and if, if you thought you were watching John Wick 3... I would say that that would be a completely fair comparison because her handling of weaponry and just martial arts is absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, but and the thing she, is, she yeah, go on. She had Chuck Norris being her stunt double in this one, I think. Yeah, that's true. So like for like replacements. Um, yeah, you couldn't tell, but if you pause it at the right moment, you can see there's a, she's got a beard. Uh, no, um, no, she's. She's brilliant, and everything about her character is is great. I thought I thought the emancipation of Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey was um, a very stylish, um, fun film. Um, the thing about that film is the violence is very not PG because I think it's a bit higher than that. She is like hitting people over the head with a giant mallet and stuff, but in this, she is a cold blooded killer absolutely obliterating people you know body parts broken arms heads being blown off she is going to town and it suits her character so much better to be this violent she is this violent that is her character um and you know is she is she the perfect dc character for you gareth is she the most is she your favorite dc character i i think she might be yeah um 
in the universe. You, I mean, obviously, she, you love Batman as a comic book character, for example, but you don't like well, Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah, I. I, I mean, let's let's be fair. Bat, Batman, <coughs> Batman is 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 a thing all of its own, really. Like, correct. I, it, it, yeah, of course it's of course it's DC, but it's it's almost like it's Batman's got its own universe. Like that, oh, you yeah. stand that aside. Um, Harley Quinn is so much fun, um, and Margot Robbie, she's definitely a person that I just love watching in every way. Like she's she's just so she's such a good actor and. She's she brings an energy to things that you know, and it, obviously she chooses the roles that she plays. But she has such a vibrant energy um, in you know delivery of dialogue and stuff like that. I, I, as I said, I just think she's. I think in this film, it's so much better when she gets put back with the squad um, because there's a mo- there's a bit of this film where she's on her own, kind of, and you know, mm. I think she operates and plays off of people so much better when she's around those characters, like when she's interrogating, um, you know, she says some great one-liners, you know, her repertoire with the other characters, the other Suicide Squad members is fantastic. So um, maybe that's why you didn't enjoy the sort of middle section of the film, Gaz, because she's sort of alone with this sort of Fidel Castro-like uh, character. Um, yeah, maybe, although, although she, she did get one of her better action sequences on her own oh that is the um, best shortly after yeah, that that was great yeah that was great um I, I was thinking during that actually there's like there's a couple of guys that just sort of get a bump on the head and yeah. that's it they're, they're out of the fight you'd be afterwards you'd be like thank fuck for that because you'd get up thank and look around that. and all your mates have got their like faces body parts off and, yeah yeah body yeah. parts <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just a bop on the head they, please. they've done well They've done well. Um, I tell you who hasn't done well. Um, the sure. people who have had their face hugged by starfish. Um, so basically this alien experiment that's been going on um, is Starro the Conqueror. He uh, <laughs> and people might yeah. think, and I was watching this with my partner Mel, and she was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um you know, the whole film's a bit of like a what the fuck is this? She literally turned to me at one point and said, did the person who write this, were they on drugs? And I was kind of like, probably. It's, it is kind of out there, but there's a lot of there's a lot of comic book grounding in this stuff. Like, the comic books are silly. Starro is the original uh, villain that the Justice League fight. Now, mm. he's a ridiculous character. Yeah. He's a giant fucking starfish. Yeah. Um, comics are silly, like, but it's good when they lean into this silliness. Um, well, this is the thing. This is this is maybe part of the issue that I had with the film. And like, let's be fair, we keep. We're, I think we're very much picking holes because I loved it. I had a great time watching the film. Yeah. But if I'm going to have I'm not picking holes, so if I'm if I'm going to you're, you're picking holes. Well, yeah. if I'm going to bring some balance rather than us just having yeah. it giant hype off i'll bring some balance to the table um well you know you know how it would be as well if we did have john here he'd be giving it oh yeah two or three blueberries i'd be balancing the two of you out oh i really think if john this is this is why i'm upset john couldn't be on this podcast because i i don't know what he would think of this film i kind of sit there and think he might love it, but then I also think, what John am I getting today? He might hate it. Well, this is true, and uh, and and I think the thing that he might hate, which I didn't hate, but this is this is something that I do love. Starro is Starro, and 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 the way, <laughs> but the way that like you can't you can't say that that they're taking the piss out of that as an idea because everything that happens with Starro seems so sincere. Like I would love if they went like, right, this is the bad guy. This is fucking mental. What, like, what is this? And you don't really get that. You get very sincere, like we've got to save the city from this Kaiju. Um, I do like that. They refer to him as a Kaiju at one point. Um, Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But 
But you know what I mean? Like, it's it's too yeah, sincere. Yeah, I get it. It's got to be more I, like, I, right, this is fucking insane. What's happening here? I think I think maybe what could have done that and done what you wanted, just, you know, thinking about the film, is if uh, Starro delivered some funny lines himself. Um, because he's quite serious in terms of he's like, hey you've been torturing me. And then he's like, this city is mine just constantly. Yeah. And of Stop course, saying that. The, star, Stop saying that. the star, <laughs> the starfish himself, Starro, like when he's just walking around smashing buildings is hilarious. So yes. just, just the actual movement of it is funny. But if you've got Taika Waititi voicing him, maybe there should have been some funny lines in there. Um, you know, just give, sort of give the camp, actual starfish comedy. A, a Kiwi accent. And yes, it would be exactly. brilliant. But they can't. Yeah, I, that's a Marvel copy I, I, in a way, isn't it? With, yeah, I, I don't like. Yeah. I don't like the thing as well. How he communicates through like one of his no, that, kind of drones. That's very like Doctor that Who. Me. That's very Doctor yeah, Who. Oh, very Doctor Who. Such a good call. That's exactly what it is. It's Doctor Who. And like when when sort of Starro hurts his leg, and then everybody that he's controlling starts jumping around on one leg. As like Doctor oh. Who. Hundred percent. Um, no, I I think it's good to have a silly villain like this. But you're right. Maybe it could have been sillier. Um, I just love how silly the starfish looks. Um, and you know, James Gunn is is known for his creative ways of um, defeating villains. Let's face it. Dance off to save the universe in Guardians. Um, and now there's uh horde of rats going into starro's eye after harley has pierced it and then eating him from the inside out now say what you want about the man that's creative that's some creative um death of a kaiju there um it's a bit obvious wasn't it yeah i i i love uh this whole sequence um it's just fun it's just once again going back to the fun element of it i mean the other elements in there, which I think are that we shouldn't skip over, is the fact that Peacemaker is so hell-bent on keeping the peace that he is willing to kill his own team members to do so. Um, I mean, that's, I thought, a, that's a decent character trait, like in terms of character depth. Very good. I quite, I quite like that. Um, and He even know, says, you know, he does say it, Gareth, doesn't he? He says... Uh, I'll kill every man, woman, and child if it means keeping the peace. It's <laughs> yeah. a good line. It's a good line. And then Ratcatcher turns to Pokemon Man going, I thought you were the crazy one. <laughs> it's so good. And he goes, I am. I am. Yeah. So there's that, which happens, which is chaos. And then obviously Starro dies. Um, and the film sort of resolves itself. Like... It's just a fun time. I can't say enough how much fun I had watching this film um, and how happy I am that DC found something. But when I think about DC and I think about like um, what their strategy is, like what is their strategy? It feels to me like it's there's a dartboard and they're just throwing fucking darts at it and there's no connective tissue between anything because you've got like the Snyderverse yeah for a dart of that that didn't work what about the Snyder cut oh yeah for a dart of that that's a bit better um Shazam for a dart of that oh kid friendly but kind of funny yeah it kind of worked um and then you know Wonder Woman they throw a dart of that oh we'll make another one of them and then Suicide Squad 2016 Suicide Squad 2021 like you sit there and just go, the whole universe just feels like a mess. You know, it feels like such a mess. Like it makes my brain feel untidy when I think about this universe. Whereas does, I look at Marvel and I'm like... Does it have to link up? Does it have to link up like Marvel no, does? No, like, and, uh, no, no, it doesn't. Um, in a way, in a way, I feel like Marvel's linking up of everything causes some problems as well like it you you sometimes feel like fuck i should have watched like 18 yeah. other films before i watched this yeah, film for and sure that's for a pain sure. in the ass and it, uh, the, there are things that it's like 
this, this doesn't quite make sense if you think about it. Like, how could this no. coexist in a world where this other exactly. thing has coexisted? So maybe maybe DC's dartboard option is, isn't a bad route. Like, um, you know, just take each film on its own merits. I Yeah, and I will say, like I said at the start, this feels like the most translatable to, oh, this is just an issue of the comic. You know, this is yeah. just like issue number 67. Um and they've turned it into a film. And then another one just exists, you know, issue 85. They turn that into a film or something. And it just exists in its own world and characters drop in and out of it. And that's why I liked it. It did have that sort of element of don't worry about anything else. You know, it, this is what it is. It's just this self-contained story. Um, and it was it was great. I mean, look, I want to... Do you want to see another one of these? I mean, what's your take on there being a... Uh, a new Suicide Squad, maybe well, in like three or four years' time, because we know that Guardians Three is James Gunn's priority. That's in, I think, principal photography now, and then that will probably release in like I think it's slated for like twenty twenty three. So realistically, you wouldn't get another Suicide Squad till twenty twenty five, if Marvel even released James Gunn to do that. But Warner Brothers have said uh, that they want James Gunn back. Uh, to do more films with them whether it's suicidal squad or not is a is a different discussion do you want to see another one of these i'd definitely watch another one of these yeah um i would be i'm less uh, tied emotionally to it than i would be guardians but did you think guardians 2 was worse than guardians 1 yes you did didn't you yeah mm. um i did but uh, that I still care about those characters and I still want to see those characters and I still want mm. to see more of, of what what that story has to offer. I feel like, honestly, yeah. if if Suicide Squad came back and went, here's a brand new story that has, like, there are, it doesn't connect at all to this one, I would be okay with that. Like, I would, I would be able to enjoy that. Um, whereas if Guardians did that, I would be furious. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. This 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 feels this feels like you're less attached to some of the characters. However, I will say this right now. I want to see my King Shark. I need my King Shark fix. I need my Harley fix and Bloodsport, I think, and even Ratcatcher. I mean, they they leave it with this core cast at the end. Obviously, we lose Polka Dot Man, which I thought was quite sad. Um, but to leave it with this this four at the end and Sebastian the Rat, you know, let's not forget him. He's an absolute legend. Um he was great, like, throughout the film. Like, they kept going, like, is that rat waving at me? And he's like, I think so. <laughs> why does he keep why? waving at people? That's fucking weird. Friendly. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love Sebastian. <laughs> yeah. You told me that you hated him, and then I told you that you're Sebastian the rat, and you now you've changed your tune and think that you love him. Yeah. Um, and Gareth, the weasel survives. So he's not dead. So there's a chance for you to make some more big bucks in the sequel yeah i mean a bit weird because they did reveal that he's like he's killed 27 children or something yeah he's uh-huh. a seriously fucked up character but he is bizarre looking and i love him just like you bizarre looking but i love you now um let's talk about the post credit scene because yeah nearly missed it i nearly missed it you could have given me a warning by the way you could have said hey heads up I'm not holding your hand through these situations. You've got to be an adult, yeah? Um, well, turns out did. Peacemaker's alive. Yeah. He's alive. Um, and that is because, if you didn't know, listeners, and I'm sure you do because you're all very knowledgeable, but there is a HBO Max series featuring Peacemaker coming out in January 2022. Um, don't know how many parts, um, but... So I had to bring him back to life for that. 100%. Because Peacemaker is going to have his own show. Um, and I, for one, am very excited for that show. Um, I think if it goes along the same sorts of lines as this film with the violence, the, um, the, the character of Peacemaker is fascinating to me. Because I, I think even though in this film you see him um, follow through on his actions to a point of killing, you know, Flag, but also, you know, wanting to keep the peace, he's trying to kill people just to, you know, he almost kills Ratcatcher too. Um, 
I think there's moments here where he wavers on that decision. And I think there is a lot of room for that character to grow. He strikes me like a character from The Boys. Uh, Once again, if you haven't seen The Boys on Amazon, stop what you're doing right now. Go watch it. If you're bored of superhero stuff, go watch The Boys and it will completely change your perspective on the genre because I think that show does some really interesting things that Suicide Squad definitely, not rips, but leans into. Um, is The Boys your is the boys the boys your new leftovers? Mm, like you no, are just going to refer to left- The Boys constantly yeah. and relate um, it to everything boy- that we watch. The Boys, it's got some very good reviews. Go watch it. I don't think it's Leftovers level because Leftovers is a completely different show. Um, but as I said, if you want some superhero chaos with super violent um, gore, uh, a very aggressive characters and some great acting, go watch The Boys. Um, it's essentially about the, institu- the fact that superheroes are a corporation. And there are different tiers of this corporation. And there's like the ultimate seven who are like the best superheroes and go to all the big jobs. But then you have mini crews who are hired out to go to different regions and protect different areas. It's very corrupt. It's very fun. Go watch it. Um, But yeah, Peacemaker, very much looking forward to that show. I think we will definitely do some sort of review on that show, whether it's a season review or an episode by episode. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I know John would be keen on that as well. Any other thoughts on uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad there, Weasel Man? Um, just, I mean, look, it's it's good to have uh, James Gunn back doing what he does best, um, making quality movies that yeah. are a lot of fun. Like, they're just a lot of fun. That's that's the thing, isn't it? Like, there are times where you want to movie, watch a movie that's, that's challenging and um, thought-provoking, and there are times where you want to watch movies that are just fun this is this is this is really fun first half is particularly fun narrative might not be a strength but it's it's it it carries the fun carries it um enough of the way yeah i i think james gunn makes films that i want to watch he makes films that i don't know that i want to watch you know this isn't a film that i go oh yeah that, that might be good storming this island you know his carries turns out you watch it and you go that was brilliant like he he has a a very deft skill as i said taking characters that are ridiculous and making you care about them and you know as silly as it is and it is fun you do care about the fortunes of some of these characters there would be no point of just killing off these characters um for no reason he he gives you a reason to care when they die like polka dot man um like rick flag you know these are characters that he, he gives a bit of heart and soul. And, and I really enjoyed this film. I hope he continues to do this sort of dance between Marvel and DC. I think the superhero genre is the better for him doing that. Um, and it keeps it fresh. It keeps, yeah, it, it needs keeps him. both. It needs him. If it's going to keep going, it needs him. I mean, there will be a time where these movies stop. Um, I don't see it being anytime soon, but... If it's going to keep our interest and pique our interest, then we need people like James Gunn who are willing to take a risk and we need the studios who are willing to take a risk on someone like James Gunn. However, I do not think it's a risk now to gamble on him because I think he is the best you know, writer in terms of comic timing in the superhero genre. And I think he's definitely the, the one that you would turn to to freshen up the genre if you're DC or Marvel or any other superhero franchise that might need someone. So yeah. Anyway, that's Suicide Squad guys. Um, Five from me, a four from Gaz, John TBC. We'll let you know in the next 60 minutes. I'm sure we'll talk about it again on 60 minutes um, when John has caught up and is able to join us. We will dedicate one of the minutes that we have. One of the many minutes of the 60 to talk about what John thinks about Suicide Squad. Um, But you know what we want to know? We want to know what you think of Suicide Squad. Um, so do let us know. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. As I said, please do leave us a review. Let us know what you think about our reviews of things. If you think they're shit, fair enough. But um, 
you know, if you, you, you know, send us an email um, saying that, don't, if, don't leave. If you think that, email us. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you think that one, email us. Yeah, so uh, good. If you think we're brilliant, then that's a review. Also, you can email us that as well. Send yeah. both. If you've email got time, do both. Review sometimes. And if you're super dedicated, patreon.com forward slash fancritical. The link is in the show notes. Please do look at that. Get some bonus content. Um, sponsor us to... Um, basically create more uh hopefully good free content for you guys because this is all free at the end of the day um and this isn't our day job we actually have other jobs um and we're in lockdown you know like most of the world is so cheer us up if anything um like james gunn did with this film okay great thank you my weasel companion for joining me um i'm glad you survived (coughs) literally he sounds like that so Maybe you did the um, dubbing for that character. And thank you, Sebastian the Rat, for hosting. I'm just waving. You can't see, but I'm just waving at you. Um, Why? You know, why? Because I'm friendly, yeah? Okay, guys. Thanks very much. We'll catch you on the next show next week. Bye, everybody. Adios, amigos. Let's get it. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. I'm a superhero! What's my dad? I'm gonna get you out of your life. I'm going to get you out of here alone. Ratatouille, what do you got? Bird. <laughs> now, now it. Stay off the comp.